In last week's episode of Lehigh Valley Art Salon, my dear friend Kate Scuffle talked with Denise McCormack from the Lehigh Valley Storytelling Guild. It's a delightful episode in which the conversation revolves around the traditions of storytelling and the many programs offered by the Guild in helping people learn how to tell stories. If you missed it, you can find the episode on the website archives. I reference this episode and the tradition of storytelling as we will bring this awareness to more ways of sharing and understanding. There are generally four types of storytelling, the origin story, the value story, the vulnerable story, and the personal story. Marketing and promotion of an artist's work adds layers of stories to the story they share through their creative efforts. Describing the who, the how, the what, the when, and the why are keys to encouraging people to experience the work of artists in any discipline. One could think of this kind of storytelling as a translation or a transfer story. Radio programs such as Lehigh Valley Art Salon, theater or concert reviews, art exhibits and movie previews, and online program notes all work to bring insights to audiences so they might have a deeper experience with the creative expression. Here in the Lehigh Valley, we have wonderful resources that share information about the local artists and creative entrepreneurs. This is WDIY 88.1 FM and WDIY.org. My name is Sheila White, and I am pleased to host two dear friends who are storytellers of various styles in media. Photographer Matt Bloom and actor, comedian, fashionista, and magazine director Kate Hughes. They are artists, creatives, and while they sometimes stand firmly in the center of the spotlight, they also work behind the scenes to tell the stories of others. Welcome to the station, Matt. Hi there. And Kate. Hi, thanks for having us. Well, I got to tell you, you are some of the best storytellers I have met and love working with you, both in front of the spotlight and from behind the scenes. Matt, let's start with you. Um, Your photography has a very interesting perspective when it comes to the photographic art, which is different from the headshots that, by God, you made me look so good. Thank you. Yes, Matt Blum also takes headshots. Anyway, so you have an exhibit coming up. I do, yes, um, with the Bethlehem Fine Art Commission over at the Rotunda Gallery at Town Hall in Bethlehem. Yeah, and that will also be running when? It's going to start November 13th. The opening is going to be 2 to 4 p.m. On a Sunday. Yep, and basically you've been showing it's going to have nature and machine is the uh, theme of the show, showcasing half nature and machine. But the processes I use for all of them are um, more classical. Um, a lot of silver gelatin, which is traditional uh, black and white, but also a lot of Turner processes like a cyanotype, like the imprint. All right. Matt just yeah. spoke another yeah. language. It's called photographer language. <laughs> so these, what that says to me, if I can translate a little bit into what's happening in my brain, is your techniques have a very specific outcome. They have a vintage look to them. They have a, a, a sort of like um, if I were to try to find a filter on Instagram, I might find something similar. Would these be more like the origins of the filter where they <laughs> inspired the filters? Yes. All right. So is this technique something that is technically challenging? I mean, why not just stick an Instagram filter on it? Why, why, it's, why it's you go through this? definitely technically challenging, yes. And mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just like to see the where the origins of the photography, you know, came from, and that's kind of what inspired me to get into it. Yeah, I always wonder uh, about photographic technology. And I mean, you know, when you're standing for a picture now, even if someone's just 
you know, doing a, a digital camera or whipping out mm -hmm. their phone or something, you know, there's this plasticine smile that we all just kind of paint onto our faces. Yes. And you can tell if it's a genuine smile or I'm posing for a smile. Take the picture. Yes, take can. the picture. Yeah, definitely right? can. Yes. Right. And so when you're using these techniques, do you find that portraiture is not the best opportunity for these types it of techniques? It depends on the medium. Because okay. I've done a wet plate photography, which is mostly portraits I've done, but then they actually have to sit still for about 30 seconds. Oh my gosh. Yes, and that's the process where it, it, I actually coat the, the photography plate right there and then and develop it right there and then I have to do. So it's quite a hands-on process. So is the 30 seconds of holding, Yes. is that the same as it was back in the day? It was. It's the exact same process. Okay. And yes, in, I'm talking even in bright sunlight, it takes about maybe 10 seconds of bright sunlight. So but. that's a reason why great-grandma doesn't smile yes. in the pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> well, aside the fact that she didn't like too bad. I'm just teasing. <laughs> so thank you, Matt. We will probably dig into that just a tiny oh, bit. Yeah. But for listeners who are curious about where is this show going, we're not going to get into the threads and the in the weeds on on this type of or, or this style of photography. We're talking about storytelling. Yeah. And so you also work as a photographer for many marketing efforts and, and promotional things. Can you talk mm -hmm. about your approach as a photographer for that kind of work? Well, a recent one was actually with the Anton Fair, and it's kind of going through and experiencing what a visitor would experience at the fair and show it in good light, everything. So that's an in-the-moment type of thing. Yes, and very much watching, seeing kind of really neat moments that happen and capturing it. How many pictures might you take for an event like that and then you have to weed how much time does it take to weed through all that and to crop it just so and well f like let's say for the fair i was probably doing about two thousand a day <gasps> yeah. oh my gosh yes and then actually the select ones i send off would be maybe like 60 75 oh. a day but then probably a quarter are good i would say yeah then. yeah that just so definitely overshoot, but that's, you overshoot. <laughs> it's, it's better right, to it overshoot. Is better to, yeah. Okay, that's different. At least, well, at least we're doing digital. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Doing digital definitely. Yeah, you're not running out no, of a roll no, or no. anything like that. How then is that different than working in a studio shot where you have to get the lighting right and you're you're working with models or objects? I mean, how how is that different than for you? Do you take two thousand shots of a flower <laughs> no 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 usually one's enough no but like a, a few of us say a flower mm -hmm. and when you're doing these types of shots for either you know someone's brochure marketing brochure mm -hmm. or some kind of print media or even online work how much conversation do you have with the client or the person who's trying to have you assist them in their storytelling of what the object is okay yeah definitely have yeah. to like figure out what exactly the market's going to be for this object and how, how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. So I have hired you, uh, full disclosure, I have hired you to take images of a youth choir yeah. that I once upon a time worked with. And what was so interesting about working with you is every once in a while you would come over and say, all right, where else do you want them? And how do you, do you want this relaxed? Do you want it formal? Do you want it lasting? Yes, do you want to, Yeah, you know, you know exactly what you're looking for too. So right. know, for promotion and for Instagram, let's say, what's going to work best. Yeah, so. and I can only imagine that sometimes you actually have to give your person that you're working with an idea of we could do it this way or we could do it that yes, way. Yes, definitely <laughs> need to give options or take multiple setups. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. 2,000 images. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, to sort through. Mm-hmm. Well, that, thank you for that perspective. Kate Hughes, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so you have a plethora of work, of creative work as an artist as well as a storyteller yourself. And I've actually had you uh, here with me at Lehigh Valley Art Salon promoting one of your one-woman shows or two of your one-woman shows or however many one-woman shows you've had. How many women are you? Um, (laughs) A couple. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about the challenges that you have as an artist and a creative of telling the story of the work that you do and, you know, what kind of what kind of activities do you have to do in addition to the actual discipline of your art? Yeah, you have to kind of do all of it. Um, Matt probably knows that too. If you want to thrive in the arts community, you kind of have to be your own biggest cheerleader, which can be very difficult for a lot of artists. So yeah, I have, I usually come up with a concept and what I do work on is, is my one woman show the most flammable I have think three iterations out right now. And if I knew to get my point across to tell my story that it would be better for the audience to see photos as I'm telling the story, I just felt like for me, it's sort of like a safety net as well. Um, but just because I don't have to rely solely on myself, I, it would terrify me to get up and do stand up or tell a story without <laughs> without any kind of visual aids mm. um, and videos and things like that to kind of carry the story along, move it forward. Uh, I just feel for what I do and my storytelling, the visuals really assist with it. I did have a show where everything failed me. All of my tech stuff failed me. My fault, of course. And I did learn a lot. I did feel as though I didn't have to rely on it that much, which is it's sort of like a confidence booster after the fact, of course, you know, <laughs> after the after you get off stage. But as far as like the promotion, you just have to I, I just ask people like you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, would you interview me? I asked Adams Outdoor Advertising if they would give me a billboard and they said yes. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, things like that. I feel like My biggest thing, I ask for the things that I feel that I need or want to have, and I have been very fortunate, I think because I'm a storyteller, that Mm -hmm. I can be like, here's why you want to do this for me. (laughs) Okay, so when we're talking about promotion and marketing, and we're talking about storytelling, is that something that, and Matt, I'm going to turn this question to you. As you're trying to get people to become aware of the exhibit, how are you crafting the story in your head for when people come? What will they be experiencing that is part of the story that you imagine? It's a big question. It is a big question, yes. Um, um, you know, I'm going to have like said the nature of the machine, so to kind of explore around, especially using the layout of the gallery there, how it will be around, can kind of explore uh, so when the when the person is coming to the exhibit to experience the work, it's going to have a particular path. I am going to have it. have some kind of a path where it kind of tells a story going around. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Yes. We're going to talk a lot more about how we imagine the audience experience in our creative work when we come back to Lehigh Valley Art Salon after a short break. My name is Sheila White. 
WDIY 88.1 offers many choices and real voices. Folk music, from folk classics to the Gaelic traditions of the British Isles, to bluegrass and old-time music of Appalachia, to the modern-day singer-songwriters telling the story of today's world. You'll find it all here on WDIY. Listen and enjoy the wide variety of folk music every weekday evening, 7 to 9 p.m., just after NPR News Headlines, and Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on 88.1 WDIY and streaming at WDIY.org. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. Welcome back to Lehigh Valley Art Salon. I'm Sheila White and having a nice conversation with my friends Matt Bloom and Kate Hughes. Kate. <laughs> I like your accent. Yeah, I know. It just <laughs> doesn't fell out. Um, we actually talk a lot about accents in storytelling and, and how sometimes just slipping into an accent just makes it punch or funny. Oh, and yeah. Whenever I have to tell a story from home, I just lay out that Midwestern flat. Nice sometimes and you need it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, Kate, let's talk to you about your storytelling abilities beyond your one-woman show, because you also do a lot of stuff where you're telling stories. I, I know that you host a, a weekly radio show of popular music, and what's kind of fun is when you interject a little bit of story. Tell us, like, what motivates you in just your banter, your radio banter and storytelling? It's, thank you for asking that, because I don't know how I feel about what people will think about this, but I take notes. I take copious notes, billboards, you know, something I hear on the radio, something I see on the television, something a friend says, and I, I do ask permission. I'm like, is it okay if I write that down? And I write everything in my phone, just kind of like bullet points. And sometimes when I look at them, I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> but a lot of times I do remember, and I use the radio my show as a way it's kind of like that mental agility it's for me it's it has made me a better communicator with live humans mm. um but on the show you know because you have to fill that space and i do believe that in and of itself is an art form and i know that what i'm putting in there is the funny it's in there the joke is in there somewhere and i just do it on the spot that is the only improv you will ever see me do because if you saw me on stage doing improv, you'd be like, she's terrible. No. <laughs> no, you would Well, I, I think this also lends a little bit of awareness to how communicators think. I mean, when you're in the studio, at least with this particular show, I am looking at both of you. Right. Mm -hmm. And very grateful for that because we pick up on cues of, you know, your eyes expression, your your facial twitches or whatever. You know, my hands are waving around like the yes, Italian that I have. Yeah, I me. can confirm that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, when you're on the air or when you're behind a social media platform, sometimes we can't really see the audience cue. So we have to guess at how are we talking or sharing or taking an image of how do we put it together so that we can hope that the audience gets the point of what we're trying to say? Yeah. So when you're behind the, the radio, I can only imagine when you're behind the mic in the studio by yourself, 
how do you process the, I'm just talking to myself, or are you imagining people that you're talking to? Hmm. I do imagine, I do have listeners that text me or send me messages on social media. So I do know that there's at least, I say, one and a half listeners out there that are paying attention to my show. But I can't explain it. There is just this energy that I that I feel. And I mean, that's the best way for me to, to describe it. I, I just, and I can, you can feel when you're doing well mm. and you can feel when you're not doing well. What has really served me in the past is listening back to my shows because, mm. oh. <laughs> no, and you have, you have an amazing, I do. you I, have an amazing voice. Oh, you, that's you very do. nice of you to say because I don't like it. But, oh, um, well, I think that's not, I think that's normal for people not to like mm. their voice. And it probably sounds different to you, you know, mm. as you're talking than listening mm-hmm. back. Of course it does. So I have kind of taught myself by listening. Turns out I'm an auditory learner. I didn't know that about myself, but I I can tell you I can sing every song, (laughs) Um, but I can't tell you who sings what or Mm -hmm. bands or anything like that. Um, But listening back has really served me because the inflection of the voice Mm -hmm. and when you can pull back from the microphone and things like that. And I've been able to kind of curate my shows better to make people want to listen to them, I guess, or make them more interesting. But it's just this energy. I know there are people out there listening. And um, when it's good, I feel great. When it's not good, I feel okay. (laughs) Yeah. But it it seems to me that both of you take that feedback or that energy of the communicating of, you know, watching people. Matt, I'm looking at you as I'm saying, you watch people look at your images. Yes. And that tells you a lot about how successful your frame has been. Yes, and how well they do, yes. Right. And Kate, you get the messages from social media posts of people listening. So now I'm going to take a hard pivot here. Kate, you are not just a performer. Your role behind the scenes, you run a magazine. I mean, how does all of that performance intuition and that energy, how does that feed your creative mindset for how you're gathering all of these stories of local artists like Matt Bloom here, creative entrepreneurs, uh, small businesses? I mean, you are definitely telling a very unique story quarterly. And I'm just wondering, how does your performance role add to your your vision for how you produce a print piece? Uh, I can say that it has served me very well. I do rely on that quite a bit because, you know, you talked about how Matt took your picture when we were backstage. Yeah. Is that what I call it? Backstage? Green room. Uh, yeah. Green room. <laughs> and, you know, how you're uncomfortable and you're worried about what the photo is going to look like. And that is everyone that gets in front of our camera when we're taking their mm-hmm. picture. So my one of the hats that I wear is the art director for the photographs, like for the photo shoots. So I know this going in that people are, they feel awkward. Matt, you probably have seen that a yes, lot. Yes, have. And I think it is our job as people who are going to produce the photo in some way to make people feel comfortable. And I have crippling empathy. Crippling empathy. <laughs> That's what oh. I call it. And okay. I know that they're uncomfortable. Some people say it out loud. Some people like the visual cues. You can see it. And I just go in and, you know, tell some jokes or say, don't worry, you're perfectly capable hands. And I will jump up and down. I will do my fake laugh, which a lot of you, <laughs> you you'll know it. And Matt knows it probably. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, just to get that genuine smile, because yes. as you talked about, shows. it definitely shows. Yeah. 
I call the others um, evidence photos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that. We want to see, these are small businesses. These are people that have put it all on the line mm-hmm. and just are going for it to, to provide for themselves and for their families. And I feel it is my job to make sure that they are represented in their best light. So I will I will do a cartwheel, Sheila. I will do it. <laughs> well, Matt's seen me shake my tush again for the kids. Do what you got. I am behind the camera shaking my tush. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Kate, back to, I mean, this latest issue of Fig Lehigh Valley, there are some really interesting people that you're describing and sharing their stories. I'm thinking of a caterer where you put them in Monocacy Creek. That was her idea. Yeah. That was her idea. Yeah, I was like, let's be creative. And she's like, I have this idea. And I said, let's do it. Okay, tell me yeah. it was a hot day and not freezing. It was hot. It was so okay. hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so when you're putting this together and you, you're having visual ideas, how is the collaboration of the team? I mean, when Matt works with you, do you... Do you collaborate a little bit ahead of time with the client, without the client, or is it, you it, know, it definitely, run the gamut? Yes, it does run the gamut. Now, someone like Matt, he's a photographer, so I was like, "What is your vision? What are what are we doing?" And I, um, that was all his idea. Everything. Yeah, we ended up actually using a making a sound type for my pet shop in oh. the fig. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. you made your own image. Well, you guys see, yeah, you you, chef, you shot it, I mm-hmm. photographed it, and I just took the image and created the um, final. Print. Oh, isn't that so, cool? Yeah. So you processed it exactly. Yeah. Yes. That is really yeah. nice. I was like, let's let's do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand any of it. <laughs> what what Matt did, but I was like, let's show your work. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Very because that's also part of the storytelling. So yeah. Matt wasn't staring in front of a mirror. No. So, no. Oh wow, nice. Yeah. But then with Matt's article, you were also talking about not just the work, but your body of work. And what's coming next, yes? Yes. And so how does any media, from the print piece to the social media prompts to your besties saying, hey, I'm going, come with me. I mean, does it have to be this relentless paying attention to me? Or how do you feel about all this? Because it's so much work and so much time. You know, no, it's, yeah, it is. It it, does take a lot of time to push to, you know, see my work, um, Mm -hmm. which I definitely go from periods where I'll be very creative for me months and months and then kind of turn it off a little bit and then then really push like, here's my work, here's my work, look, Mm -hmm. look. And then kind of go hiding again and great work again. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I liked about just flipping through this magazine is just reminding myself that we have this incredible community and it is fed and energized by some really brilliant thinkers. Yeah. And so it must be such a, a delight just to meet all of these people and tell their stories and share. What's a win for you, Kate, when it comes to bringing this magazine to fruition? I can tell you we just had uh, an experience that, you know, because it can be stressful, too. It's a lot of work, deadlines, you know, with every job. Um, and I tend to give it my all. I put my heart into everything that I do. I think it's important to be passionate about your work. But I uh, brought this woman in, she makes candles, and she's just starting out, and she has put everything she has had into it. And, you know, I could tell she was nervous, and she's like, I hate getting my picture taken. And I'm like, same, you know, it's, it's gonna be, we're gonna have fun, this is gonna be great. And I'm making her laugh, and we're jumping up and down. And 
I'm like, you know, now smile. And she, you can tell, you can see when they start, Matt knows mm-hmm. this, yes. when they start becoming comfortable. So yeah, you can just see when they're, when they finally calm down and they're really starting to feel comfortable in front of the camera. It's a, it's night and day. Anyway, I thought we had the shot and I had the iPad and I, I was like, what do you, what do you think? I think this is it. And she started crying. <gasps> wow. And um, she was so grateful. Mm. And I just, in that moment, you know, you're like, oh, this is, this makes everything, all the hard work that we put right. in. Uh, this is this is what it's about. It's telling these people's stories, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. that's when I know I have a, a win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's so wonderful about um, this magazine and all of our social media platforms and radio stations and newsprint and everything is that we have an opportunity to talk about the people who live and work and create here in the Lehigh Valley. And, you know, in my world, it's never enough. You know, I, I, where are all the podcasts? I got to get them all. And, you know, and I, and I try, it's not about a consumption. It's, and it's not about, oh, I might be missing something. It's about pride in where we live and knowing that what we have here is so darn special that every one of these platforms is a value and, and adds to the fabric of, you know, why we always land in those best places to live lists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. This yeah. is it. So just to wrap up our conversation, Matt, please tell listeners here if they want to see this special photography technique and all of the work that you do, um, remind us again, when is the exhibit it's opening? It's going to be November 13th. It's going to be opening where I'll be there at from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, and, the, and it runs until when? Uh, December 21st. Excellent. And yes. this is at the City Hall Rotunda Gallery. Yes, which is open every weekday. And yeah. 10 East Church Street, down there at Payroll Plaza. Yes, indeed. Yes. And Kate, you're currently the FIG Lehigh Valley Magazine is the current issue is the arts and culture arts issue. Arts and culture, yeah. Um, when does the next issue come out and what will the focus be? The next one is our holiday gift and giving, and that will come out at the end of November, November 29th. Oh, my goodness. Time's a ticking. It certainly is. Listeners, um, I hope you'll join me in thanking Matt Bloom and Kate Hughes for coming to Lehigh Valley Art Salon tonight. It's been a wonderful conversation. There's so much that goes into telling stories about our storytellers. My name is Sheila White. Have a great night.